Welcome to the Elizabeth Experience, the lifetimes, thoughts, and adventures of a super artistic girl who wants to freaking change the world. Come on, let's do this. Welcome to episode 1.2. Now, I will warn you, this was the first episode that I had ever recorded in a busy, bustling restaurant, so the audio is definitely very highly questionable. But I loved this conversation so much that I just wanted to put it down for any of you willing to work with the audio and listen to all of the fascinating things that we cover in this conversation. This is my friend Kanishka. He is an amazing, beautiful human being, also a photographer and has worked for a very long time doing branding and marketing with Fortune 500 companies. He was an absolute pleasure to talk to. And we had a meeting about branding and what I was going to do in the podcast and what it was going to be about. And we ended up covering a wide array of super interesting topics. And I really believe that if I was going to try to say, this is the episode that you should definitely listen to if you really, really, really want to understand who I am, man, this would be the episode. So you know, struggle through the audio. It's going to be awesome. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And here we go. Yeah. Hi, we're recording our conversations and I forget, I feel like such a, a dweeb. I'm like, just like this morning, the photographer who he was emulating is some of like huge dude. And he went on and on about this guy. It was super interesting. How he's like the first photographer to really make popular photographing like big supermodels with no makeup, very natural. It was a super interesting story. Not Terry. <laughs> I don't even know who you're talking about. I think it's like Terry Richards or whatever. Like there's a, there's a creepy photographer named Terry who like works with Miley Cyrus and he does all this like intentionally grungy stuff. He's just a sleepy creepy dude. But like he still has a huge career to talk about. It's a weird, like it's a weird thing about our culture. Our culture and also that industry is um, still like 30 years behind in this exploitiveness. Yeah. Especially when yeah, models do or want to be models. And just women, young women, let, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Young girls. Yeah. Don't get the autonomy of growing body like animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So young girls are taught when a uncle or a strange man comes and wants to give them a hug. Give them a hug. Boys are allowed to say, no, I don't want to hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, As a girl, it's like built into your DNA to be nice. Be nice to Yeah. Give them a hug. Yeah. And so you lose this in your body. Yeah. It's taught at an early age. And so then, as you mature a little bit, and then you want to make it to a profession, you're given that you speak do you guys are told. Yeah. You're the low on the rock. Totally. Talk person, especially creepy talk person. Yeah, I'm sure you I've been in this situation. And then they can promise you, like, oh no, this is just gonna be like above, but like I need this. Or I just need the energy, or you know, we'll edit out. Or it starts out non creepy. Oh. I, think, I think the worst area that you get into, the shitty gray area that you get into, is when like you just don't know. Because you can be. Like, you can have a photo shoot where you're totally naked and it's totally professional and everybody's cool and it's like a very cool experience and you can have something, you can have a, 
photo shoot where all your clothes are on, it's really sweet. And it's all about, like, the intentions and the flows of that individual, and it's, that's really hard to navigate. And like you said, when you're young and you don't know any better, or it's like, you think somebody's a big deal. I think I forget about that because I'm like, I'm a lot older, but I feel very young. Like, um, I mean, that's a serious thing. Like, I just feel bad young. Just like, yeah. kind of like that comic thing. Uh, so I, I recently saw on social media this statement of, I'm 30, but I feel like I'm 20 inside. And then I go hang out with a 20-year-old and I realize, no, I'm definitely 30. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean, yeah, I'm an adult in that way, but I have, like, the wisdom of my age, but, like, I have, I think I have a lot of, like, um, what's the word? Like, I'm not jaded. You know what I mean? Like, I still as an optimist, I'm like, a, 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 like, the brightness of the world. Yeah. Kind of happened in 20 that tends to maybe wear away. Yeah, I think what happens in life is you stack up failures. You, like, you lose jobs, you lose relationships, you have, like, goals that don't pan out for you, and so then you just start to become jaded and less happy and less energetic, and I've just managed to, you know, I really think because of my spiritual practice and, and it's almost as a survival mechanism of, like, um, I was kind of like, I, I have to be positive because like I, there's no other way. I won't make it from you, you know what I mean? So I have to put this in as like a life practice of like optimism is like a philosophy, not just like a fun thing to say, you know? Um, or an event that it's like, oh, I'm optimistic about this. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, no, but it's like a practice. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Optimism is a practice and I really... It was weird. I had a realization. This was maybe like a couple years ago. That was really helpful for me. Is that I realized that I felt the need to get very serious and dramatic about certain things because I wanted to prove to people that I cared. Um, and so I would like, like it was a word thing, like, like the need to emote about it, like, or get upset about failure to prove that, like, I, I'm upset that I failed because I, I want you to know I really care. And so this upset is a demonstration of, like, how much I care. And then I just was like, you know what, that doesn't serve me. Um, so I just kind of made a decision that I would just always be chill. As much as I could. I mean, nobody's perfect and sure. we all have our moments. You know, but it's like, like a way, like, you can either allow the frequency, the height of the, the amplitude to be, like, here. Yeah. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to allow the amplitude to be a little bit shorter. Yeah. Less. It'll still have the ups and downs. Totally. But it's not going to be as high. The peaks aren't going to be as low. Yeah. And I would make a conscious choice. Like, if somebody in, like, a work environment was, like, freaking out at me, I would make a conscious choice to, like, react with almost boredom. I didn't want to react with, like, joy or happiness because I think that's a bit too high for somebody who's angry. But if you're just kind of like... And it's disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. But if you're just like, yeah, interesting. Like, I just get bored when people come at me often with, like, anger or lower emotions. I just hit them with boredom. And then just cruise it out. So now we're actually like, are you having these experiences with high experiences? Either you would feel disappointed in yourself, yeah, upset, or people would come at you. Let's say just like in some like work-related environments, or the biggest thing is like uh, with like failure, you know, with like having a project that failed, or I don't even 
it's interesting that like my new plan on failure has shifted a lot to where I don't I think I sort of train myself to be to like enjoy it or to be more interested in the journey because I kind of like I mean obviously I think that life is a game right so like and I've always known that on sort of like a subjective level or an intellectual level and I know you don't mean that like, what, I yeah. think a lot of people want to hear others say like that this day they interpret that to be almost either flippant or manipulative in some way or not yeah seriously yeah but I think it's important those of us who say like life is a game really mean it very deep totally like it's experiential yeah it's almost like every day is choose your own adventure yes well there's like I mean a game consists of freedom barriers it's just in the same way that like like an NFL football player like NFL football players fucking cry you know what I mean like they like leave they're out there for blood but if you pull back out of it they're playing football you know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. It's like, and you know, I, there's this part of my mind that says, I think, and I haven't really weighed this out with another school that I thought of. Yeah. I think maybe we who are given the opportunities that we have in the first world Western civilization yeah. have the gift and the opportunity to view life with that. Oh my god, yep. Right? Yep. Whereas if we were in certain circumstances, it would be very hard, I think, to be able to wake up and say, oh, like, my life is like, if I'm a refugee who's living in a war-torn area. Sure. And like, how do I get bombed. clean drinking water? Exactly. Yeah. Right? So I think there's there's also maybe that distinction is for us to also have respect that. Sure. We have this gift. Sure. And with that comes responsibility. Yeah. So yep. it's not for them. It's like, it's a game, but for us to try to achieve the best version of ourselves, which will then be the best impact in society that we can. Yep. Yep. Yay! That's mine. I'll take these fries. You can just put them in my hand. I'll just, I'm going to grab these right here. And can we get some more silverware? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. When I think from that viewpoint too, I just kind of realize like I mention this all the time, but it, it just is something that always really struck me. Is I read this article a while back. Um, thank you so much in Vanity Fair about Boz Norman, who's like my hero. He's the director of like you know not everybody knows Boz, so I'm like maybe a fan, but um. He was talking about how he had this one, it was after Mulan before Great Gatsby, somewhere in the Australia period, which I, Australia is the one movie that was like, we won't talk about that. <laughs> it was real bad, like, I'm not into critiquing shit, like, I mean, whatever. It was just really, it was not like any of his other ones, but, um, and he had, um, like a movie that was in development that was like millions of Maybe even billions. I don't remember because, like I said, I don't remember the names and stuff. But um, and it fell apart. It was like in the works and the whole thing. And so I remember like reading that article and being like, "Shit!" Like even Bosman. Yeah, like here's Bosman, motherfucking Lerman, like fucking up real bad. And he was talking about the article how he was like fucked up over that for five years, seven years. And so it just occurred to me that like I think that that a failure like a win is just as dangerous as a failure and they're both just like a no game they're just a state of not having a game you know what I mean so 
diving to that. Like, again, I mean, this is like, this is definitely like a Scientology concept, which is, uh, this is my, you know, how I use it, but it's covered best in like uh, Fundamentals of Thought, but it, um, just that a game consists of freedoms, barriers, and purposes. So even to kind of take it back to your example, um, like, even refugees or people with, like, major problems, those problems are a game. They're a shitty game. But, like, even, like, how do I get water? How do I get out of this area? Um, a problem is a form of a game. Because you have freedoms. Um, and your freedom may be limited. It may be, you know, my freedom is that I could go to another place. My freedom is that I own a gun. My freedom is that I'm going to do my best to go over here or whatever, here, like what you were saying, we have a lot more freedoms. We have tons of freedom of money, we have tons of freedom of all these different things. And the risk of failure is much, it's significantly less. Exactly. The, the, the degree of what can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's, and then you have barriers, you know, um, a barrier can be whatever, like, there's not enough materials, a barrier can be, I don't have access to electronics. Yeah, a barrier could be my mom's a fucking bitch, you know? Like, a barrier could be my wife doesn't want me to start a company, whatever. Lack of education. Exactly, exactly. And then you have purposes. Like, I have a purpose to build a home for my family. I have a purpose to create the most magnificent, um, eco-friendly, sustainable home company in the freaking world. I have a purpose to make clean drinking water available to anyone. So you navigate through, you like navigate through the freedoms and the barriers and you sort of like work through the barriers to achieve your purpose on the other side. And so it's, there's like when you have lost, that's like the end of the game. There's no game. You've lost, you're done. There's like, there's just nothing, there's no motion here, you know? And then if you win, what do you do after you fucking win? There's like, there's no motion, there's no game. So I sort of saw that, and I was like, oh, well, like, failure and winning are pretty much the same. They're both the starting point. And failure, I mean, like, winning is even scarier than failure if you think about it. Like, now that I've had a little tiny, itty mini taste of success, quote unquote, it's like, it's even scarier because then it's like, before, I just had nothing. I was like so broke. I remember one time, like, I was like looking at the definition of like what is an asset or whatever, or like what was my work, or I had to fill out some credit thing. And I was like, I'm worth like nothing. I was like, I own nothing of value, literally nothing. I think I could sell everything that I own and I'd make like 200 bucks. But there was a lot of freedom in that, you know, because I had nothing. So it's like, it just, like the barriers and the freedoms change. And you just always navigate through them. So now I'm just more like, okay, how do I... Now I'm always just looking for the next purpose and the next game. So then if I lose, I'm like, okay, well, I lost. Let's go. And if I win, I'm like, well, cool. Cool win, bro. (laughs) But it's not defining. Because it can't. You can't. I can't get stuck in that win. Because honestly, like... And that's what I've learned because I've even had some, like, little mini milestones, you know? And then it was, like, it was funny. I was talking about my friend who was Miss Tennessee um, 2017. And we talked briefly, like, right after she was Miss Tennessee. And she was saying that, like, it was really kind of shitty. Like, 
it's like it's actually a really shitty space to be in and everyone's like oh my god it should be so great and you're like Exactly. exactly. You're playing this huge game. You see that when people retire. You know, they have this huge game and then there's no rain zombie for them and it's like, you know, what do I do? Yeah. So that's why like success. A lot of people strive and take their whole lives to reach a certain point of stardom or success. They reach it and then there's this huge fall off. Because they're not prepared. Because nobody prepares to do that. Like you said, once you reach, you still have to have purpose beyond that one goal. And you have you, I think that people think, I totally agree with that. And I think that people think that they're going to like get their goal and that the attainment of that goal is going to change them, like the DNA of them. And what I realized, like, you're just still you. You're still you. You're always fucking you. And you either have to, like, on a personal level, strive to improve yourself so that the shitty parts of you go away. Um, but if you don't do that, like, self-work, you're gonna, you can have all the money, all the fame, all the success, all the whatever, and you'll have those brief moments of achievement where you'll feel happy. But you're gonna be, like, real Absolutely. It's temporary. It's fluid. Yeah. Moments of so, I, I want to ask kind of the context of Elizabeth's story. What are you finding to ask? Yeah, that's a good. Whenever somebody asks me that question, I just, I'm like eating French fries all the time. I don't know. This is like, this is why I never get sick, because I eat French fries at the top of the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should, like, inherently have that answer right away. Whenever somebody asks me, I'm always like, I totally know my purpose. And then I'm like, how do I explain it? But I think it would be this. I'm, there's two major things that I want to do. One is that I just, like, I kind of need to create art. In that, like, whenever I'm in a space where I'm not creating art, Life just gets weird. I don't know. Maybe that'll like change at some point, but and that's okay. Like, yeah, like it's that's almost like a really important thing that people understand. Our passions, what yeah. we define as our purpose, can and will change over time in our lifetime. Yeah, we will be 25, 50 different people. Totally. And that's what I think sometimes with marriage is people, if, if they're not counseled or aware of that, they don't realize that. In marriage, they're going to be married. Their spouse, who they're married today at 25, yeah. are going to be different versions of a different person for the next 30 years. And you either like choose to accept and be like, grow with it. With it. That's my friends. My friends who've been married for freaking. They've, they've literally been in a relationship since they were five years old. I swear to God, because I, I believe in past lives, so like, I like legitimately think that they were just married last lifetime. Like, I feel like they've been together for literally forever. And that they like, just were literally that baller. <laughs> like, they're the same age, they went to the same school. Like, literally the story that my friend Ben told me is that his wife, he like pulled her pigtail or something. They've known 
known each other since they were like actual children. They dated their high school sweethearts and they've been together at this point for like five years. But I just feel like they've probably been together for a million years. And um, he was saying, and they're both amazing, like producers. She's a total badass. They're both just some of the most kind, hardworking badass. So my, two of my favorite people, literally. And um, he was saying about their marriage that you have to be someone who you can start in A and like end in C. And you're like with them the whole time and like you're there. And like, and it's interesting because they're both of them have changed massively, but they're like, they grow together, you know, and they're very like, it's cool. So I definitely, yeah, they would like. Recent, recent research data show uh, when they observe couples uh, in disagreements, the couples who are empathetic with one another, mm-hmm. they don't have to agree with one another, mm-hmm. but they're willing to at least listen. Yeah, understand. I understand this. However, this is versus the ones who won't recognize, won't try to view totally. They are significantly more likely to force it. And so we have empathy. Because you may be drawn to your partner today, who they are and what they're about, what they're passionate about. They like the material. Exactly. Yeah. And then 10 years from now, they may go on, they're no longer an artist, they're now selling instruments. And if you're wrapped up on, well, but I want to marry the artist, that, and now they're selling instruments. It, it's having empathy and understanding of, yeah, like, why is this equipment? And, and viewing them from this new perspective. And like I said, going to go along with them. Yeah. Uh, and, be, and not need them to be anything. I think that's the biggest killer in like friendships and relationships is when like you need somebody to be something that they're just not or they're not at the time. And I find that like my best friendships and relationships have been like people who are just like, yeah, you just be. They just let you be whatever you want. And they're there for you. And they might like be like, you do like not good to do like cocaine every day. I don't have any of those relationships, but that's just an yeah, overblown example. You know, like or they might be like, hey, like you can be you, but the fact that you just went to business with the mafia is not something that I can be around. So like hit me up when you're done, like partnering with the mafia. <laughs> but it's still like a, you know, you gotta let people be themselves. So okay, so okay, so my purpose. Purpose to create art. Okay, yeah. Create art is my obsession. I currently yeah, my current obsession. And um, my biggest purpose in life is literally that I just want to see, I want to assist, inspire, and help people to like thrive to the highest level that they can. With a particular focus, obviously, on the artistic community or people who have a passion to create, whether that be like paintings or businesses or whatever but I just want people I want people to feel unstoppable and I kind of want to do that like lead by example because I really I feel kind of like we were talking about before that um, I've been incredibly lucky Um, you know like born in America amazing family like I feel like my parents are like textbook like perfect like, not necessarily like perfect people, not that they're like that. I mean, my parents are super amazing, but you know what I mean? Like, but just in terms of their. They checked all the boxes for 
a healthy relationship. Yeah, like they did everything freaking right. Like in terms of like the things that you would do to create a human who can like live life to their best ability. Like they did that. Like they're like I cannot think of a single thing that they, I feel like like I'm able to be a person who's a go-getter like literally because of like the environment they created for me was so nurturing to that. Um, what I love is how I heard the, the gratitude in the tone mm-hmm. of voice about that. And so that leads me to believe that you understand with that, as that said goes, with um, great power and responsibility. Yeah. And so you, you definitely, I definitely sense that. You understand you're given this great gift, and so there's kind of a great responsibility for you to to, to do something positive for others since you have been given such a healthy yeah. background and upbringing. Yeah. And this healthy individual. Yeah. You might be able to bring just hope, but inspiration to others who may not have had that part of their lives. It's exactly, it's like exactly, like, yeah, and I think the, the more that I live, you know, we, we all have, like, different moments of, like, you, like, live in your little bubble, like, your little life bubble, and then I think it's different points in our life when we, like, encounter people or places or have experiences that, like, really slam at home how lucky we are. You know, and there's like different times. So like, there's just been a lot of. I mean, it happens in a lot of different ways. Like recently, I started to become aware of the fact. These are just some examples, but like, like I have a really healthy body image, and in that, like, I just don't. I just don't have too much attention in my face. But I like to look good, um, and I think fashion and uh, appearance is fun. And so I love to dress cool because it's important. Um, but I'm not like, I never have thoughts like, oh, I hate my arm. Or I hate, like, oh, I wish my nose was different. I just don't, I literally do not have those thoughts. And it's come sort of into my sphere of reality recently that, like, a lot of people, men and women, but I mean, particularly women, do. They're like, I hate my legs, I hate my ass, I hate this. They self edit themselves. In photographs, like how they pose, what they want, exactly, or they'll contour their makeup in a certain way to, to like hide, exactly, to hide something instead of being like, like why do my makeup? I'm just like makeup's fun. But yeah, it was like a friend of mine posted um, a photo, and I was so stoked for her for doing this. Of like, um, she's a plus size model, super cool girl, and she posted this photo of her beautiful, gleaming smile and a double chin. And she was like, you know, I wasn't going to post this photo because I have this insecurity about the fact that, like, my chin looks this way. But I realized that, like, this is a beautiful photo and I'm going to fucking post this because it's beautiful. And I, I saw it and I was like, yes! Like, yeah! Because I think there's... I deal with this when I do photography is seeing, like, I see a photo and I'm like, this girl is Exactly, exactly. And it's not like I understand style preferences or like this is my vibe I want to give or I don't want to wear that outfit or like, but when it's like they don't like their I like, hate that part about Exactly. I don't want to lose. Yeah. And you're, you're not seeing at all what they're seeing. Exactly. And so, like, in that realm, like, so that makes me want to become more like an advocate of like 
you know, body positivity, whatever that means. And then in a totally different sphere, like I was directing a music video recently and we, classic Elizabeth life. We happen to be in like the most dangerous neighborhood literally in Nashville. Like the cops pulled up and they were like, they ended up like being on set and hanging out, which is really cool. But they were like, yeah, it's not uncommon for people to like shoot down the street in the middle of the day. Like, they were like, we're surprised you couldn't have mobbed. We just got lucky because the weather was shitty. Um, and then I saw some kids, like, a woman came up after the shoot and, like, wanted our food on the set. So then you're in an environment like that, and you're like, you know, even, like, right here in America, there's so many, like, fucked up areas. And, like, and there's kids, where we were shooting, there's all these kids that are, like, five, five, six, nine, just not in school. And, like, acting like thugs, you know? And there's just been a lot. I've done a lot of nonprofit work, so there's just, I've talked to a lot of people, and there's so many... Sometimes I realize that even having, like you were saying, even having, like, dreams is a luxury. Yes. And, and so I, like, like, every single fucking day of my life, I especially now that I've been able to, like, fully freelance and fully be an artist, like, I get to get paid... Like, yesterday I had some girls come over to my house and, like, put them in a bunch of cool outfits and we take photos. Like, I'm like, how the fuck do I get paid for this? Like, yes, good, I know I worked hard for this, but, like, oh my fucking shit. Like, I just never lost them. And I want other people to think. I want other people to know that, like, they really can have what they want. Because I actually wish your target audience Oh, I don't even know. That's a good. That's a really important. Yeah, yeah. Part for you to be able to do what you want to do. Target audience is the whole world. Right. But I would challenge them. <laughs> that that would yeah, not be. That's good. Yeah, that's a good right. question. So, like, I can tell you, like, if if there were some people, maybe even in the neighborhood that you were shooting in recent years, shoot at, who heard what you just said, they would counter like. Well, yeah, girl, like, you can do that because of yeah. X, Y, and Z things yeah. that are part of your reality that... Yeah, like, like fuck you, like, I'm, like... Right, like, I'm come, trying to fucking, come like, have the background things. that I have, right, yeah. and then come talk and talk, right? Yeah. And, and both of you are valid. Sure. Right? It, it, one does not... Um, X out, cross out the others' sure. reality. Therefore, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to kind of really reflect on it think about based on your background, based on your vision, based on what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Who are the audience or audiences that can most relate? Right? They don't have to have yeah. clearly the same background as you, but parallelities mm-hmm. where they don't have too many obstacles to be able to say yes yeah I can't believe in that it's like real time I won't then that and then my answer would be like up and coming or aspiring artists I mean I think artists are just the most of any age honestly um because I don't think one thing that I also believe pretty deeply in is that I think there's false data about like you can't start a career in the arts at a later age and I actually like no I know it's super false or like you can't be an actor there's sort of this I think it's changing but in America it's like oh you're 30 fucking dig your grave and fucking die you old hat you know like 
especially if you're a woman. It's like, oh, you're 30, your face is fucking dumb. Like, go get some Botox and good luck, you know? And um, so I would want anyone, because I didn't, I mean, I've been doing art forever, but I didn't start my current sort of path until I was like 30. So, um, and I was like living, I was like broke as fuck. Like, I was like in Nashville. Because I had moved here to work on profit, and then like my car was in LA, and then I became super broke, so I never got to get my car back because it's like too expensive to bring it back. Um, so I didn't have a car. I had a scooter. I was like 32 years old on a fucking scooter, like broke as fuck, like which was like very. Um, most people by the time they're in their 30s like have kind of made it they have kids they have family they have husbands they're at the their milestone of some stability yeah and I was like riding around on a motherfucking scooter in Nashville it was 18 degrees I had a rule with my roommates I'd come home they weren't allowed to talk to me for like 10 minutes after because I had a really peppy roommate he's like he's like we call each other brother and sister because we really are like we're like spiritual brother and sister um and he has a very similar energy level to me where he's like, hey, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's a really optimistic guy. So I would come home and he'd be like making dinner and he'd be like, hey. And usually in the wintertime, the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes of my scooter ride, I'd be crying because I was just so fucking cold. And it was scary. So was it crying from an emotional place or literally just the cold air was making your eyes Um, both. Like just crying because I was in a lot of physical pain and it was just shitty. Like I was just cold. You know how like if you're super hungry or you're super cold or you're real tired? I don't think guys do as much crying. They do more brooding, but I feel like I've had times where I'm just so tired that I cry yeah. just because I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just so fucking tired. Like, like babies, you know? Absolutely. So I had a rule that nobody could talk to me until I like literally saw it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would thaw out and then they would talk to me, but I, um, I didn't have like, I don't even, sometimes I'm just like, how did I even do that? I think I just have this thing of like, in my universe, it was like, I didn't have a choice. I was like, I don't think plan B is going to work. I'm too old for college. I don't want to go back to school. And in my, I remember at one pivotal moment, I was like, I don't think I even can go back to school because if I go back to school, for fucking what? Because there's nothing else that I wanted to do. But I was like, if I go back to school, I could get a career. And because whenever I tried to do something that wasn't my passion, like really crazy things happen. Like I... I get fired randomly or like, I remember one time I was working at a restaurant and I was like, I really don't want to go to work. And they called me and they were like, the sewer lines just exploded. Yeah, stuff like that would happen all the time. And I was like, I'm like a liability. Like businesses would end. And I was like, I just, I guess I like, so I I was like, if I get it, if I go to college and get a quote unquote degree to do something practical, I might just fail at that. And then I'll be like in my forties and just what the fuck will I do? So I was just like, I just have to make it. I don't know what else to do. I have to make this work. And I don't know how. I don't I have no money. I had no car. I had a scooter. Sometimes I like literally didn't like have enough money to like like buying food was a real issue for me. Like it was like that shit was very real. And uh, let me ask you, yeah. like, as far as like let's talk about what safety nets did or did you not have? For instance, you talked about I'm a parent. Yeah, they didn't give me 
I was very humble about like because I don't like to ask for help so I didn't like and I certainly like I was never one who was gonna like not have enough money to buy groceries that week and call my parents to bail me out the only thing that I would ask my parents or family to bail me out on was my cell phone because that was like if I didn't have my communication to the world I was like if I don't have this phone I don't know how I'm gonna make money <laughs> so like I think there was but I don't even think I asked my parents I think one time my sister paid my my phone bill but my dad um, man I mean I just sort of scraped and struggled um, same with rent you were just I just yeah I think a couple times my dad helped me out with rent but only I was like I was just really too proud to ask like really really I'm a proud motherfucker so like I didn't ask but then my dad bought me a house which I think um, and that was like yeah I mean that like saved and then my dad bought me a car so, right. so, so that was definitely a safety. For us to yeah, yeah, yeah. Really reflect the 360 degrees of our experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that we better understand our own story. Sure. So that we sure, sure, sure. better tell it and relate and share with others. Mm-hmm. So when we have to say, like, okay, these were like the struggles. Oh, wow, but I had these safety nets. Okay, so. Well, if at any point I would have. I always knew that if I were to hit absolute rock bottom, that I could move in. I could I, I knew in the back of my mind that like utter and complete like fail like you're not gonna live on the street. Yeah. That was never gonna happen. Although in my universe failure meant giving up my kids. Like which is weird that I I still hold true like to this day, which I think makes me a little different. Like I was you know, I like Grant Cardone and like um and there's a, like a lot of like he's very much of the viewpoint of like fucking work like like make money work like don't although he does have the obsessor the average where he talks about do what you like so and that's how you're going to achieve ultimate success but and I definitely agree with that viewpoint and I think it's bullshit to be like I'm just going to do my dream and then to be lazy about it but I think for me it was like I was like I'm going to do this and then I just hustle you know like did you but yeah, I, I knew that I was never going to like, I wasn't going to die. Your life, your literal life was never at stake. No, no. Yeah. So, so it was, that it was, was a real gift. That's a real blessing yeah. that like. It was had, like middle class struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like middle class kid struggle. Absolutely. Not, like, and, and, and that's so good to be able to like say that. So we're sort, sort of in this alternative reality now where right. people are making up stories of their own struggle. Like right back like in the eighties it was like people would make up stories about how rich they were and how well to do they were. And now it's kind of gone the inverse and people are not being truthful about their real background. And, yep. You know Yeah the, the beauty is that we each have a unique path and a unique background. Totally. And we're each unique creatures today because of the unique mix of our background. So, like, I just encourage you, don't, don't edit your story because you think it makes you, your struggle more valid if you don't talk about these X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about, like, my dad bought me a car. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Because totally. It, it, it can inform and advise and 
clarify. Yeah. So much more Honesty value. is just the best. I think strict honesty is the very best thing, you know, outside of like shit that's going to call people out in a way. The only place where I'm not is like if, if something is going to be damaging, if full disclosure is going to hurt another person, you know, but that's a whole other thing. So Because, you know, the advice that you might have for someone um, who has maybe some back to you probably would be and should be different than somebody whose literal life is out this right the well because my story isn't gonna what I'm living is not what the fuck they need exactly and I've definitely yeah. like seen that like it was really funny my life is so crazy like yesterday I was getting lunch getting freaking Chipotle and it's just funny because shit like this happens to me all the time and I step outside and some drug addict had like gone into Subway to, to get some money or water or food come outside to like light their pack pipe I think and then their, her shirt caught on fire and she literally set herself on fire I didn't see the fire situation happening but I walked when I walked out I saw there was a bunch of people somebody laying on the ground and a whole bunch of people surrounding her and I maybe this is I think it's good maybe someday it'll get me hurt but I always go into a situation thinking like I know how to help people and I need to help because I've, I've been I mean I had somebody get shot um, in my neighborhood and happened to pull into my driveway and like I helped him and got his family inside the shooter was still in the street like I've I've had like probably like once a month or once a week two months like I am happen to be where there's a life or death situation happening. And your confidence is that you know you can be calm and have yeah, clarity exactly exactly so yeah because other people are getting kind of frazzled and I'm like okay cool I got this so I was like shit somebody's on the ground like let me help and um this one woman was like freaking out crying and blah 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 and the woman, she was high. And she was also, like, had been high for however many years. So she, she was gone, like, mentally. She's not there. And there was someone else who was... A lot of people were trying to, like, reason with her or, like, tell her things that, like, they would tell their sister. Right. You know? And, and there's this huge disconnect between what she's meaning to hear mm-hmm. versus what they, they're... They're circling people with Exactly. And, so, and this one woman was like, do you want a hug? And sweet woman, like, bless her heart, but this, this chick didn't want a hug. She was like, she didn't want to go to the hospital. She'd been in the hospital. And so I sat down and I was like, listen, I was like, I get it. You don't want to go to the hospital. The hospital's fucked up. And I just started, like, swearing because I wanted, I was like, she needs to know. And I was like, it's shitty. And she was like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I was like, listen, I'm not going to hear you. Like, you don't want to go to the hospital. This is some shit. And I was like, here's the deal. I got to call the ambulance because in my position, I, I just can't in good conscience not. And I was like, that's not even about you. To tell you the truth, I just, as a citizen of this, like, country, I got to call the ambulance. And she was like, okay. <laughs> she can respect that. Yeah. Because, like, you're taking, like, accountability and ownership. Like, I got to do this for me. Exactly. So she's doing what she needs to do for her. <laughs> exactly. I she's really... like, I see a player when I see one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly the truth because I knew. She was like, this bitch doesn't know what I'm here for. You know, she didn't want to go to the hospital. And I was like, I, you know, whether you want to go to the hospital or not, it's not really like, I don't really care. But like, just selfishly, like, I'm a call. Like, bitch got to do what she got to do. So, and then, um, 
and then she was like, I'm going to call my sister. And I was like, listen, and I, I straight up told her in sort of simple terms. I was like, I was like, you're real fucked up right now. I was like, you're burned as fuck. So like, you got to go to the ambulance. And I was like, to be frank, just for the rest of the community. And that's what I told her. I was like, not even for you. I was like, this is going to be a problem. So you got to get in the ambulance. And then finally I convinced her to get in the ambulance also. Cause she kind of was like, I think cause I was just really straight with her and at her level, she was like, I can trust this girl. Cause she could, I was just like, I'm just going to be real straight with you. And then I told her she needed $5 and I was like, I got $5 I can give you. And she was like, wanted that money. She was about that money. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll give you all the cash that I have in the purse right now. And it's funny that by this point, the ambulance guys got in there and they were like, oh no, don't give her money. And I was like, nothing makes you feel more rich than just giving away your money. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, nothing makes me feel more rich than giving away my money. And then like one of the like paramedics put his hand out. she did and she actually she said like if it wasn't for her I wouldn't be getting here right now and I was like I appreciate that and she had her money and and then it was good because they were saying by the time she started to get on the stretcher her skin started to really hurt because the adrenaline was wearing off so it was good and then um, the other chick who was helping who was like medically trained was like you know she probably would have died if you wouldn't have come because she was going to leave and nobody has the like control factor to just be like, you're not gonna leave. You know, you're gonna get on the ambulance. And I don't even know why I brought up that story. That is that's like no, but that's no, my I mean, life. The just on being on somebody's level. Yeah. Like giving understanding what, they what their reality is. Exactly. Yeah, and not trying to like like for instance that woman like she didn't need a motivational quote she needed eight dollars that's right that was the yeah. she didn't need the hunt no she needed eight dollars some real talk and some f alright so let's, let's let me just ask you, how yeah. does this relate to podcasters that you want to watch and my podcast I just I just want it to like even like this what we're doing right now I'm recording it like and because obviously I'm a big Gary Vee fan like I just want to document I think for me I almost feel like because I really thought about it I was like okay I could do you know Elizabeth does this or inspirational blah but I was like I just want to I feel like if people experience me they're gonna like get from it whatever they get from it. you know if they get like deep as, as deep as I will take them without like I said disclosing information that would hurt other people um, I feel like 
like that would somehow be of value. And then I do want to have um, like interviews with my friends. I want it to kind of be about the journey, like the behind the scenes. I want it to be like real talk about the struggle, which just really scares me. But let me ask you. Yeah. So there are billions of humans on this planet. Yeah, like eight billion now. Exactly. We each person only has twenty four hours in a day. They're up for let's say fifteen hours. They might actually have at most do three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Just three hours to consume content. To consume content. Mm-hmm. So over eight billion people on the planet, mm-hmm. and only three hours in a day to choose from some content that we have so much out there. Why should who and why should they be listening to the Elizabeth Donaldson of other eight billion people with their very limited time in their day? Why your life? Why your story? Why your friends? Why your conversation? Because I'm entertaining as fuck, and I'm. There's so much entertaining content. I know. I know it's a weird. I think it's a weakness and a strength that like. Like, in my universe, just being very honest, like, I'm like, well, I like the shit out of myself. So, so just so, with other people, I'm like, I really enjoy my own company. So, like, and, man, that's, I mean, I think, um, let me set this down for a second. I think because, I think because I, because I really fucking care which maybe is like too simple. Care, um, care, fill in the blank, right? Care is too broad, too general. Care about. I, I care about the world and I care about people. And I really want to see them. I like deeply want to see them fucking do their shit. You know? Like. It's like the thing that makes me happiest in the whole wide world is like. And maybe not even like doing. Like all the shit, even doing a little bit of shit, even when I like, you know, I have friends who like I help them with, you know, getting out there more on social media or doing this or like encouraging them. And when I see them make some improvement or like get at it a little more, I'm like, yeah, like I would say that that's like the two things that I enjoy the most are doing my own shit. And then helping other people to do theirs. Like, just seeing other people win. Like, I live for that. And it's a funny thing, because I like them both almost equally the same. It's not... I don't think I like one more than the other. It's like they both coexist together. And it's... And I think... And I've realized, too, about myself... Like, I was on this music video in that neighborhood, and, like, I had a bunch of girl, like, female dancers. And we went out afterwards to get pizza, and two of the girls were talking. And I came up and they were like, we were just talking about you. You're such a boss. And like, they were, you know, saying how much they like admired what I was doing. And they just thought that I was like a powerhouse. And it was, it was flattering. It was humbling. Because it's always interesting. You're just going through life being you. So when you realize that just simply being yourself was like motivating. past someone else and they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like on one hand, you're like, that's exactly my whole purpose in life. And on the other hand, you're like, oh my fucking God, like, thank you. You know? So it's. I don't know. I, I, I've observed that, like, this the very act of being myself as fully as I can be 
is also simultaneously accomplishing my goal of motivating others to do the same. So I think that like, because I love helping people so much and because I've discovered that the best way that I help people is to just like full throttle go for what I'm going for, they just naturally marry up. But I don't know how that makes people want to listen to my shit. Well, so let me ask you, is that... Because I think it would... I think the reason they should listen to it is because they would... I think it would legitimately help them. Not because I'm so self-absorbed to think that, like... But I think because I'm a person who... I'm. I feel like I'm deeply myself, like, in a way that, like I said, I feel like is a real gift. Like, I really am very comfortable being myself. Um, and I really have a gift at letting other people be themselves. Not every single, I'm sure there's some people in my life who'd be like, you didn't let me be myself. And I'm like, fair enough, probably not. I can be a bitch sometimes, you're right. But, like, in, in general... Um, I'm pretty good at granting people permission to just be there. Because I, I've just seen that as a valuable skill in life and, and the best way to quote-unquote change someone. Let's say somebody was like, like for instance, I don't smoke weed and I don't think people should smoke weed despite the politics in the world today. Um, I have a ton of friends who smoke weed because probably like 50, I don't know, everybody smokes weed these days. So... I'm not gonna come at them like, yeah, waving, finger waving, and like, you're a bad person. I just let them be them. And I just am very gentle, like, you know, not in my home, and it's not my gig. People know it about me, I'm not down with it. Don't smoke it around me, it's not my thing. So, and they, they, they get a gentle concept of like, you know, Elizabeth's not a weed fan, and she doesn't believe me. And, but I let them have permission. I'm literally like, I don't think they're bad. And I can make examples like that with a million other things where I'm just like, you know, I don't care about your politics. I don't care about, if, if you're cool, I'm cool with you. If you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. Even if you're a total shit, I actually want you to win. Because if, like, if you fuck me over in life, you sucking and failing does not help me. But you, like, rehabilitating and winning helps everybody. So, and I think it's kind of, I, I think that might be kind of rare. People have brought it to my attention that, like, they're like, oh, shit, that's pretty big of you. And I'm like, oh, I just, you know. And I just think that's valuable. Yes. It, it is on a, in your daily interactions. Sure, sure, sure. But then when we look at like the listener, where it's one way, where you don't know you're listening, they're yeah. not, they're not opening up to you. They're yeah. simply listening. It's a sure. passive conversation. Sure. Of what is the value proposition for them to simply listen? Sure. And so, let me ask you. Uh, you said like your greatest goal with this is to help others. Yeah. Um, and then you've related it in a couple of ways within your life. There are two things that I've heard. One, um, within your own friends where you have this ongoing dialogue and 
friendship, there's inspiration that people gather just kind of observation or being a part of your life. Sure. But then there's this other side where you're actively involved in helping. Yeah. Where you're 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 getting in there with them and like giving your knowledge. Yeah. And pouring it where you're generally helping. Yeah, I'm like helping the woman burn women and get on the internet. Right on. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and, and the social media stuff and like you're like no no we're gonna sit down we're gonna do this and yeah. this is how you do it right and sure. like within that hour mm-hmm. it's just dramatically improved their lives sure so kind of like I'm, I'm wondering and you said there are two greatest passions one pursuing your art and what you're inspired by mm-hmm. doing your thing yeah and then it's equally fulfilling to help others do their thing yeah yeah so I want to opposition the idea get it to simmer mm-hmm. kind of this um, Ended concept of a podcast where half of an episode is the dialogue, mm-hmm. the conversation with someone. Sure. Book ended with you actually helping someone utilize some principles that were discussed in the first half. Sure. Right? It's so it's one half is you doing your thing, yeah. having the conversations that you're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second half is actually pouring into someone's life. Yeah. Like, in some way distilling that. And almost being able to provide a walkthrough or step by step so that your listeners are like, ah, I heard the conversation, I heard the natural flow. Yeah. Not really sure how I understand theoretically. Yeah. And the second half is like, oh, for helping someone kind of deploy that. And I'm then kind of getting the step by step of, oh, this is how I can do it in my own life or how I can do it on this thing. Yeah, or yeah, that. yeah. Where they like see there's like the activity. You got it. Mm-hmm. Or more I like that idea too of like specific there's something super interesting about it's the same reason it's the same reason that I love this conversation and that I wish that I would have recorded the other conversation with my friends of like it's super fascinating like the meetings and the shit like the real like where the work gets done right so it's just like this meeting right so it's been conversation for sure and it's been learning and it's been interesting it's been building stories and like we've taken each other to different places sure but then there's also tractionable actionable items yeah um, and questions that are thought predicting the same questions that we're asking one another your listeners can ask themselves sure and so there's a tangibility yeah filled with the great Elizabeth story because you do you have to fill in the blanks I mean you have to keep it on a track and that's the biggest thing that I run into is like I just want to do fucking everything like I want to eat the world I want to like and I and I believe in that you know what I mean I almost people are like although my roommate who's a pro fighter had a pretty good point he was like well Meriwether couldn't have just like he had to really focus on boxing and I was like fair enough yeah like in sports but you have to focus on it for a few years to be the best but I so that a lot of times people are like you need to focus you want to act you got to focus on acting you want to do this and I and I believe in that you do you have to be a professional and you have to focus but I'm still like I think you can do all the I think you do everything you want to if you're just intelligent about it well you know I think you are a professional creator yeah you act you photograph you model you um to wardrobe yeah do all these things and you do them at the level that you want to do them 
like your definition of success in all those is to be able to do all those professionally, get paid to yeah. do that. And your definition is to be able to do all those. Whereas uh, someone who just is a professional actor, their fulfillment is unless I'm in a big Hollywood film, I have not yet fulfilled my call. Yeah. Whereas yours, I don't have to be in a Hollywood film, but I want to make sure that I'm a professional actress totally. who's in films, but I'm also getting jobs to photograph. I'm yeah. doing this, this, this. Right? That's important. Yeah. You're not saying I want to be married. With I don't need a box the greatest of the great. <laughs> totally. I just want to sometimes be in the ring. Yeah. And like, you know, fight on a, a regional level. I guess it's a really, yeah, that's a good point. It's like whatever is your success. And that is, and I'm very much like, I think if I play my cards right, especially now in like the new media age, because like TV's dead, the, the people who used to hold the power don't hold the power. So I'm like, I'm just going to do my own shit. And every time I get in my head, because sometimes I get all freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm this age and like, fuck, I really don't have as much of a resume as I want. And like, can I really have my own show? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just fucking make it. I'll just make my own show. And if I do, if I play my cards right and not like get people to love me because that's a weird viewpoint, but like if I create an honest relationship and bring value to the people, they're going to want to like play my game. You know, they're going to want to be involved in the experience. I would agree. I think um, you have one of the more engaging and interesting social media content. Oh, thank you. Um, And you don't have this gigantic audience, yet you're still producing content that would appeal to a large audience. Thank you. But you're still curating, you're still still putting quality content out literally on a daily basis. Yeah, I believe in that. Um, I believe in that deeply. And it's, it, it is, it's not that the content doesn't have to catch up to the audience, it's just the audience has become aware of quality content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing I would, I would encourage you to consider um, when you have the time and resources that you desire to look to transition to not just an audio only podcast but with your life like really consider doing a little video cast and podcast and your life is so visual yeah yeah you yeah. are a visual storyteller sure just like in your Instagram feed like some of your best posts are your morning photos right <laughs> those are my favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and it's telling such great stories yeah it's showing the authentic side of you along with of course your, your beautiful photography sure of different pieces or different snippets of the day yeah so much of story is that I think a large part of people being able to connect with your value proposition is being able to see it visually and yeah. being able to see you tell your story in sure. sure. And so sooner than later, I would say, you know, beyond just having like this computer recording, like throw up a little GoPro or webcam right here. Oh, yeah. You've got a nice wide angle and you can have that. That's great. Because that, that's what I run into. That's one thing I wanted to ask you or get your input on is like, because I want to like, I just want to like put content everywhere. But it gets great. It's like, you know, 30 hours a week working nonprofit. I have to hustle. 
to like get the work that I do get. It's not a bad hustle. It's a cool hustle, but you know what I mean? Like I have to like, I manage all my own social media. I manage everything. Um, like I said, I'm looking into getting an intern or an assistant who would help, but there's still a lot that I have my hands on. And then I'm like, just editing, cutting, doing like, and it's not like I'm, I'm making it financially. I'm not riding a scooter and wondering how to buy groceries anymore, but I'm not like, Hey, hey. you're not banking a lot. There's not a lot going into savings. Like it's, it's a little bit of a boy, like, exactly. Oh, it's got to start thinking about retirement and just, yeah. Yeah. And I'll probably invest everything into like what I'm doing. Like I'm ironically, even though I love fashion, I drift everything. So it's like my overhead's really, really, really low, but, um, yeah, I just, and it's also like, because I do a million things like right now I have like, you know, I've got Facebook, I've got an acting page because in the acting world, there's still this thing of like acting people just want you to be an actor. Like a casting director doesn't want to see your podcast web series. They don't have anything. I think that's changing. But there's a lot of people still old school. So I have to maintain a certain level of like a thing that's only for acting. And then with directing and photography and all that, I have a website that's just for that because you don't want to, like... People get confused. Like, even me, people are like, what do you do? And I, I'm like, oh, I'm a freelance creative. I do this and this and this. But, like, from a branding perspective, when you're like, I'm an actress and I do photography and I also direct music videos and I just started producing and I have launched a podcast and I also have a YouTube channel, like... It's like, that's too fucking much. You were talking to somebody better relate to that than I'm anybody, <laughs> Cheryl entrepreneur who grew an ad agency for Fortune 500 companies, who then built a down to career development company, then created two restaurant concepts, and then an event company for like 15,000 person festivals, and is a professional photographer. Like, people can't, like, they want you to be that one thing. Yeah. And then they think if you've done all these other things, then you certainly can't be good at it. It's like, well, no, actually, I, I, there's excellence amongst each one of totally. these. Totally. You're a total pro at all of them. And then from like a... So there's branding. Not to cut you off, but I want to make sure I remember this. There's like, A, the branding, but B, there's like... Like, I don't want to have six freaking Instagram accounts and like 100 million Facebook pages and like 8,000 web pages and like... I don't like in terms of how do I market it all like I feel like my audience is going to get overwhelmed I don't have like six Twitter accounts but I do want to eat the world so I'm I guess the idea that I've been toying with is like launching the podcast and and like a a YouTube content channel and like and probably a Facebook page because I think Facebook is going to be the new television to a certain degree like video on Facebook it's just creating an overall like planet Elizabeth which essentially documents the journey and like you were saying has these like business meetings and meeting with other people and then just having that be the thing that's like the documentation and then everything else is just compartmentalized as if you need to see my fucking photography go to my photography website if you need to see like if a manager contacts me and wants me to do a music video I'm not going to be like go to Planet Elizabeth like that's not even part of that conversation that's, that's wise that's wise okay but as far as like content because I think ultimately like this, yeah. this fear like how much content what content which channels like how often do I push out I would well, not, I'm sorry I just have one more interjection because this will help your answer or maybe not because then I also have like I do acting videos I do and I don't want to put it 
I guess I want the documentation, the planning Elizabeth or the podcast or whatever to be the behind the scenes. Like it's all the work. It's not you know the thing but then where does my other shit okay go okay, well, hold on. so like okay I'm actually trying to make okay, okay cool. so I'm just gonna again challenge you to really reflect before you take certain steps sure and invest in your time yeah, yeah, yeah. is just having a media stream of behind the scenes of what you're going through like your life truly value to listeners right so I don't know so right and like, like I'm just if you're, if you're, and I like this just conversation like I clearly understand like get the sense of generally want to make an impact a positive impact on other people's lives and you're already so stretched the time sure so I want to make sure early on in this incubation stage in your idea say like if you really want to make an impact on other people's lives and be part of this whole reason doing a podcast or a video channel is to really help inspire and impact other people's lives yeah is your default thought of like oh well I can just kind of place a mic and a camera in the corner and then just go about doing what I'm going about doing sure, sure, and then sure. just push that and that's that's it that's it. that's what it is but then it's tough because I don't want to like if I'm being totally honest I don't want to be like and maybe this is lazy I don't want the podcast to become I have a habit of like starting projects but then they pull focus away from what I really fucking want to do. So I want to be able to incorporate it all where it's like it's in the same stream as where I'm going, you know, and not a, yet some other side project. And, and that is, and that is good that you know that. <laughs> sure. And so then the question would be, Okay, then what would be the final success for that mission? Okay, so in other words, if you can define your success of having the behind the scenes kind of podcast and video channel, if you can line that up with a realistic success, what the actual outcome of having that would be, then it's worthwhile. Yeah. So let me ask you, if, if you were to do that, what would success in your opinion? What would encourage you to keep doing? If like one person hit me up and was like, that was helpful. I know that sounds. That's, that's I don't think that's real. I don't think that is. It's, I don't know that like if you. Maybe not one person ever. I mean, like, like, like a consistent, like once a week. Somebody, if, if like one person every week was like, that was helpful to me. Okay. And then that, obviously, I'd want it to build. But even one person a week, I think, would keep me going. I'd be like, if I help that, like, one, okay. like, I have that with my Instagram stories. Like, I'll post some very, like, real talk type content on there. Yeah. And it's funny with stories, you get a lot of people who watch, but like, only a little interaction. Yeah, a lot of people don't write you back, you know, so you don't know. You'll be like spilling your heart out, and you're like, I feel like people must like it because they come back to watch more. Um, but, you know, a lot of times people don't respond. And, um, and then I'll get like, I've had a couple people on a couple posts be like, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate you saying that. And like, 
that made the whole thing worth it. Okay. You know? So I love, see, I love your realistic perspective of what success is. Mm-hmm. Right? I did hear the answer of, oh well, I want you know, within a year. 15,000 subscribers and like I want X number of thousands of views and I want to be able to do advertising deals yeah. and all of this like okay well if you want to do that then we need to go in a different direction it needs to be a little bit more intentional to the audience yeah putting out content that's curated specifically it's like for them but if yeah. it's more of a passive engagement for the audience um where it's kind of like, yeah, like their value add is they get to fly on the wall to your life. Yeah. Then, okay, okay, cool. And it's like, oh, wow, they got a good idea. They had a, had a really engaging, entertaining conversation. Like they got to be a part of a conversation they never would have. Yeah. Because like, you get to go and meet really interesting people in interesting spaces, and they may be stuck, they may be, they may you know, love, they may be used to do that, but now they've got a couple of children at home and they have to, that's their responsibility right now. They're sure. happy to do that. Sure, but boy, they miss having those kinds of meetings. Yeah, and they get to tune into Elizabeth's channel and get that <laughs> and see, like, yeah, what the hell is happening? Yeah, and like hearing from so and so in this city or in this town, it's like, ah, that was awesome. That was way better than watching the Kardashians or whatever on you. Totally. All right. So now we're talking like, okay, if, if we can find your success with that, then I would encourage you. Yeah, let's like that is that is absolutely attainable with this vision of kind of fly on the wall documentation so along those lines and it comes to branding and type yeah that's killing me it's like half the reason I haven't even done anything because I'm like what do I call this so I'm going to just kind of like just riff with some questions okay try to help us track so the title for a podcast is Uber Import sorry they just are so beautiful Okay, well, sorry. I get rid- I like love. Yeah, they were so pretty. Yeah, you should have taken a phone that you could have. So, here you interrupt like, oh, they're so beautiful. You took a photo. And you're like, oh, of course they were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, titles are super important when you're trying to find an audience that's not already a captive audience to you. Totally. All right, so first, let me ask. Um, who is your audience? Who do you want to get into? I.e., we've talked a little bit about like the overall broad stroke of artists, like, current artists and inspiring people who want to be artists. But for what duration do you want this medium to be about current audience who already follow you on social media versus a whole new world? Yes. That's such a good question and I don't even have an answer. Um, I feel like I feel like it's half and half. Um, I hate that answer. I know. All things. I know. Say half half. Well, let me explain why. Is because um, I have a lot of engagement on Instagram. There's a lot of people who I think love my Instagram simply because it's pretty. It's got like cool photos. Yeah. And they like that. And that audience is a bit different from the people who tune into my stories. People who watch my stories, I think, watch it because it's entertaining. It's it's insightful, but also very entertaining because I do both. and the people who want to like tune in for a laugh like I realized that like a lot of the podcasts that I've recorded so far are, they're not funny 
it's not funny Elizabeth and maybe that will exist maybe there will be funny Elizabeth that comes through sometimes but it's it's not that funny um so I feel like the people who want like the funny this isn't necessarily going to be for them and I don't want to have to worry about making it funny or or entertaining in that like gesture type of way because I also feel like business Elizabeth is a real different there's the Elizabeth that's like oh my god you're so beautiful and there's the Elizabeth that's like you know I'm cracking jokes and business Elizabeth is like a fucking hard ass motherfucker you know like she's different so it I think it would cater a bit more to um there's one side of people who just simply want to spectate because they just love to like observe like you were saying be a fly on the wall and then people who legitimately want the inspiration of education and like value and learning that would come with seeing so they're a bit more like um like their hustle factor is higher um there are people who want to do like get some shit done almost in the same way of like how I choose my friends um or how I choose someone to collaborate with like if you're a hustle if, you, if you're not a hustler I don't want to talk with you um it's like I'm cool I'm like I love you but we're not gonna together because your hustle's out so I feel like the audience would be people who are hustling or are trying to hustle and they want sort of a more intelligent crowd because it's not going to be unintelligent content um, of people who want that kind of thing and people who care because I don't think if you don't give a shit I don't think it's going to be very interesting to you you know Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if that's too broad. That's just kind of... Well, it's a, it's a good starting point, so we'll kind of drill down a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. So, I think having... Oh, sorry, one more yeah, thing. Right. Even though I said it was like, I don't want business Elizabeth is different than funny Elizabeth, title-wise and vibe-wise, I'm also just not a super serious person in terms of like, I don't take life too seriously, so... I don't want some touchy-feely bullshit either. Like, I don't want it to be like, you know, the like, pursue your dreams of incense podcast or whatever. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I love babies podcast. I don't want that. You get that vibe. So, um, I think when we measure things, we can obtain, actually, like, make. Uh, achieve goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. like stats. Yeah, let's talk about measurable, like metrics. Okay. Uh, in any way that you, you want, sure. something that's measurable that helps to say, okay, this is my goal in the first month that I need this. This is my goal after maybe six months, and after my goal for a year. And let me preface that question. Sure. Yeah, the question of. What is your commitment to it? For how long will you commit? Let's let's call it an experiment. Sure. Right? How long are you willing to commit? Elizabeth experiment. Okay. I'm sorry. How long are you willing to commit to run the experiment before you reevaluate whether you want to continue? Three years. I know. Well, because I I know that's the maybe I'll like punch myself in the I'll go back in time, listen to this and be like, shut up. But like, um, 
Because I don't, I think it takes, it doesn't have to take a long time to build something, but like, in the, I feel like the first year you're still just fucking around. You're still figuring out what works. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm not willing to go beyond, like even with my blog, like, and everything. 365 days of birth. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm still thinking. It's, and it, like it took me, there were certain payoffs from doing that that I, I'm not even experiencing until right now. And even I would say my whole life is like, um, even with clothing or with styling, like there's, it takes a minute to build that momentum. Elizabeth, I am so impressed with your response to me because that is such a rare, rare thing. Oh, thank you. Typically, no. A person would say, like, six episodes or six months or a year. A year would be, like, the most. Um, also, that is interesting. That, yeah. Like, what could happen in my life in three years? So, the, the concept of, like, starting here and then, like, I don't know, either I could suck or something really amazing can happen and people are there at the beginning of, like, when it starts and then it and then being able to go back in time and all that shit, it's kind of, like, super interesting. Well, three years was 2015. Like, if you were just able to, like, reflect what your life was in 2015 versus now and all the experiences and conversations and, like... My life in 2015 was potentially too embarrassingly large of a failure for me to even feel comfortable yet talking about it. So... A lot of change. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. And, and with that response of three years, I, I want to make sure that really, I'll, for really almost others to know, because I can already sense, like, you understand that three years doesn't mean three years to this one format. Mm-hmm. That there may be adaptation. You may shift. You may evolve. You mm-hmm. may pivot over to this way or that way. Sorry. Sure. My phone is like beeping like crazy. I should have put it on silent. I always always have it on airplane mode. And recently I took it off and anyways. Okay, good. So but your commitment for three years is you're going to document the audio and your video mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Parts of your life. Mm-hmm. That's going to then go into like a podcast and or video stream. Mm-hmm. For public consumption for three years. And this is like a new dedication to a new art medium. Yep. So it is, it's it's very experimental. In, yeah. Which is why I like it. I've always wanted to be like get a piece of real estate in something that was new. Because that's what people did like on Instagram. That in a lot of different places there's people who like when they were first doing it, they were just like, man, this is fun. This is interesting. Let's see what happens. And I and I knew when I got on Instagram, I was like, I'm too late for this, but I'll fuck with it. But like and I love it. But I'm too late to really capitalize the way the kids who were like two years before me did. If I would have been one of them, I probably would have just like, you know, been insta famous or whatever. But um but you're going to be using this as, like, your sandbox, a playground. Exactly. That's wonderful. Yeah. Because that's really where the most engaging content comes out of. Mm-hmm. That's where you find the true voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, I don't even know what's going to happen, but I think it'll be interesting, you know? Absolutely. And I think the important part is to continually remind yourself what your purpose for this 
are flaws. And I think in your respect, I would I, this is not the same thing I would consult for other people who have more traditionally uh, minded podcasts who are very specific mm-hmm. and they have very specific goals as far as who their audience is and what the ROI on listenership is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very different. This really is feels more like art. That wow, you're that's cool and exciting. Yeah, and very fitting for your life. Yeah. So right, this that's is a really cool way to look at. This it. is you saying like, like someone who doesn't paint saying, I'm going to commit to becoming a painter for the next three years. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know what my canvas will be like. I don't know what style I'm going to paint with, but I'm going to start painting. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the overall goal and I just want to kind of document that and show people like this is how you go about pushing into that and this is you with this new art form that's such a cool way audio and video yeah and you know we're just gonna create that's so accurately me that's like exactly yeah and I want that to be freeing as well right because it does feel that way. The, the typical constraints and parameters of, um, of a podcast done as a business or marketing tool. Mm-hmm. You may read articles and see stuff or listen to other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And be like, I feel like, why is mine so different? Or like, I'm not doing that. Should I be doing that? No, maybe not. Yeah, like, and maybe sometimes yes. Yeah, but understand that you're going about this in a very different way, with very different motives. Which is which is funny. I'm, my sister, no shade to her, but when we were recording her, she was like, her boyfriend listens to a bunch of podcasts. And he was, I could tell that she wanted a certain format, and hers is cool. It's about people who do different things in life, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in. I'm here for it. Like that, I would tune into that. That sounds cool. And, and I just kept thinking, like, I just want mine to just fucking be real freeform. Like, I don't know where we're going with this. Like, this is just an adventure. And I can't really disengage from that. I'm yeah. very, I mean, I'm, I'm stubborn. So I'm like, this is, I want what I want. And what I want it to be is nothing in particular. Yeah. Well, listen but in to a that very, yeah, yeah, in, in a, a very, very purposeful. Exactly. Exactly. So what you're saying is like I love that concept of like it's art, it's like treating it like an art form because it really is, and that's really cool. That's a really really cool. I feel like we're on to something like a really important discovery mm-hmm. of of its purpose in your life, mm-hmm. its purpose in your audience's life. Yep. That this is an area where I want you to be able to have a little bit of freedom to like take a day, a couple of days to reflect, to like breathe in yeah. and out with this mindset. Sure. And then we can do it like a revisit. Sure. Um, because then we can get into the more formula-based things about coming up with a specific title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something more specific like, okay, now that we've talked about it, your new art form, what next? It, yeah, it's like you go to the grocery store and you get all the fucking ingredients and then you gotta like make the soup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want you to kind of like just really be reflecting on that. Um, I have some initial thoughts on potential um, avenues towards titles, but I really think it's important um, 
for you to simmer on it. Yeah. Um, and especially as creatives, we can get really hype on something in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we need time to parse through and sure. trim up the ideas. Um, before we kind of dive into any actual functional pieces, um, before you have that time to ruminate and then come back, we can revisit and say, okay, where are you at? Where are you at now? Yeah. And like, like, yes, we're dead on there, or yeah, we're there plus this, this. Yeah. And then we can like really kind of push and pull, brainstorm the time. Sure. I love it. That's very exciting. I mean, I just like that concept of it being like an art. Because that makes it, that just makes it super interesting to me, you know? I think a little more, and also like a little less. There's something about wanting to sort of document your life that seems vain and weird. And I don't want to be vain and weird. I just think, um, I think people can find value. And and you're talking about kind of being an early adopter to a new space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And really, you know, I I see the the power and the value that that gives um, to a creator because there are no defined parameters of how it's supposed to function. Yep. Well, this you treat this as like a new art form for yourself is similar to um, an Andy Warhol or Jackson Pollock or any number of artists who kind of come upon to a space and they're like, okay, like I'm just going to kind of use this canvas in my own expressive way. Yeah. And people may or may not respond, but you have this freedom to express. Yeah. And to utilize and to tell a unique story. And in, in a format that people haven't seen before. Yep. Right. People are, podcasts have been going on now for a long time, like since the late 90s. Yeah. Um, Mid 90s even. And, and when people think of podcasts, they think of certain structures, mm-hmm. certain flow. Mm-hmm. What you're kind of saying is like you're Jackson Pollock entering the space. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to kind of do it like this splatter and we're going to do this. Yeah. Does it mean something to someone? I don't know. But I'm expressing myself and, and maybe people respond to it, maybe not. But you know what? I'm just going to explore this method. Yeah. Because it just feels right. I think that's such a good way of putting it because I have this thing about me where like, which is a good strength for like sometimes I don't know how to explain what my shit is but I just know it's right even with like I have it with directions or with certain things it, it, it frustrates me sometimes where I, I don't know how to explain myself I'm just like I don't know how to communicate this or even explain why it's right or what it is but just please trust me this is correct you know and it's like for my friends who do trust me they're like alright and then it's cool when people don't trust me and then later on like I go against my own integrity or my own knowingness and then it all falls apart and I'm like, fuck, man, like, I knew this was a good instinct, but that's right in the pocket of, like, what my instinct is. It's like, I don't even know what to call it, which is why simmering on it will be good. And that's where the best content creators come from, is that Mm -hmm. place of genuineness. Yeah. When you think of the best media, whether it's Gary Vee or Mm -hmm. any number of creators, it's just authentic to them. Yeah. To their unique gifts, capabilities in life. Totally. They're not trying to, to... walk someone else's path in someone else's format and someone else's theme yeah um, your life has clearly not been about a follower it's been about <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. about on the front edge yeah and just taking your own unique bizarre scary um, freeform 
I'm going to go at this 100%. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. So let that be this content too. And yeah, wow, yeah, how yeah. exciting, how freeing for the viewers to see. So, and you know what? Just like you're not afraid to talk about failures. Some things are going to fail. Like some of your content's going to be terrible. Totally. And in a beautiful, wonderful <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that is... I think that's going to allow you. I think when you give, as a creator, when you give yourself space to to to, to, to just create without a lot of editing. Yeah. Certainly, some editing is needed. Of course. But of course. when you're willing to explore, yeah, you're going to have some really terrible things come out. But you have to get through the terrible things to get to the brilliant. You have to. You have to. I wouldn't have any none of. I mean, I know that that's cliche. It's what everybody says, but like. I wouldn't have any success that I currently have had I not had a bunch of failures. Like, the failure is what makes you. It's like, those are my favorite things every time. It's like what you learn, you through massive failure, you learn like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Or like, I am not qualified to do that. You know, it, like, it's impossible to create something that's brand new to the world that's also compelling your first shot you have to do something that's brand new that audiences just don't know what to make of like yeah. it's like uh, where you're exploring new techniques and new tools yeah and you don't even know what you're doing but you're willing to try it yeah and through that you're refining the process yeah. and the methodology and the audience is also starting to adapt like yes. oh oh okay and it starts to see, soak up like oh this is kind of oh okay I get it and as you're refining your process and your methodology and your vision your audience is also starting to soak up this new art form that's happening yeah and then eventually you have landed upon something that is new fresh and compelling yep we see that in music mm-hmm. all like right now we're the change in hip hop. Yep. You know, like, and you know, at first blush, you know, we thought these were a couple of like one hit wonders, like Migos and some mm-hmm. artists like that with the triplet rap. But now we're starting to see it's actually like kind of the state of hip hop, and you're starting to see artists like Drake and Big Sean and others starting to like say, and even Eminem starting to say like, okay, okay, maybe there's some value in this, yeah, this rap scene that was really back from the '70s and '80s and kind of like left. Well, it's not to cut you off, but there it was a thing that I was I was mentioning this yesterday. I, I geeked out. There's a hip hop documentary on Netflix that I was like. I don't even it's a simple title but it's six episodes of miniseries and I super geeked out on it and um, it's there's all these guys who were the founders of hip hop who were fucking nobody because back in the day Gary Vee talks about this all the time back in the day there was a middleman and the middleman was not the audience the middleman was, was an individual dude who could arbitrarily decide you're, you're gonna make it through or you're not and so the people never got a chance to experience whether their shit was actually gonna hit with the audience it had to hit with this one person exactly so you had to like tailor your shit to like be cool for Bob I experienced that as an actress you know what I mean like it's like if if this casting director got annoyed because you tried to shake their fucking hand in an audition and they were a germaphobe then like now you're never gonna get on this show this show this show and this show and now there's this like really cool thing where it's like you have distribution channels and it's free and you can be like well let's just fucking see what people think about my shit and I think with hip hop it's really cool because 
it's very exciting time because people can be them. They can just do their shit. And I think more and more people are finding like people want that. They want authenticity. We're just in an era where it's different. Absolutely. Chance the Rapper is a great example of like saying, you know what? I'm going to distribute to the people and we'll we'll just see if they respond with the art that I want to create. Totally. Macklemore is another great example of that where like he just gets to do his shit. And it's like, it's really exciting because I think all this stuff that people hate, like the fakeness and the, I mean, I see it. It still exists. It's, there's still remnants of it. I'm around it of like people who have 8 million handlers and this and that. And there's going to be 26 people who hem and haw over like what the fuck they're going to wear and the shoe they're going to wear. And they get to just, now it's just like people can be, you know, and it's exciting. Absolutely. And that happens in every form of content. Yeah. But people are naturally used to that with podcasts because podcasts are to the people, directly pushed out yep. to the people. Yep. And so you naturally have, and so with YouTube channels, it's directly to the people. Totally. You know, so you have this gift where you're not a musician who's trying, like, who's still in a space where people are used to getting, you know, like, where it's filtered through labels mm-hmm. and A&R. So you have this, like, accelerated gift yeah. that people expect to be able to consume whatever content you're creating directly, yeah. unfiltered. Yep. Uncommercialized. Yep. And boy, that that gives you a greater amount of freedom yeah. to try, to test, to test and fail, and then pivot, shift. And I think it gets. I remember when you when I first met you, you said that to me. You were like, I think that you should really. You were like, you're funny and you do this and that, but there's a lot of value in like who you are. I don't remember how you stated it of like your viewpoint on life. And so I think this is a, a really good way to give that to people, you know? And I think I would encourage you in this process as you start to remain about this being your So there's, there's some parallels and not to other art. So yeah. one might say, I think some, for me, my own perspective is we do create for ourselves to express ourselves. Of course. But the thing that some artists don't wish to say is that we're also creating for an artist. Yeah, right? totally. That's why we display it. That's why we share it. Yeah. Right? There's, that's not wrong. Like, yeah. that is the beautiful part, right? That's humanity, our essence is social. Mm-hmm. To love, be loved, to want to know others, and to also be known yep. by others. And so as you do this as your work, I would encourage you to figure out ways that you can assess your what your audience is picking up. What hits for them. Yeah. I do that with my with my Instagram or different things, like it's been super successful of like there's a certain formula of image. Some people might hate that I do this, but I just think it's good sense is to like there's stuff that hits and I give people more of that. And it's kind of fun yeah. for me to be like, let me take this. Okay, totally. this hit let me expand upon this. Oh, you didn't like that? I'm going to waste this. And you test it. Exactly. Right? And, and, and that's... And then if it funny. stops me from sharing... If there's... I'll share what I want to share. But I will also intentionally, like, 
put some effort into making sure that the shit you want is going to be there. You know, when we agree yeah. on it. Yeah. Because everything that I create, I'm 100% behind. Yeah. Like, it's, it. it's all me. Not just doing it for the grant. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, it's like, I love it too. I'm like, oh, I, you love this image? Cool. Because cool. I also. And I like creating it, so I'm going to create a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, we talk about A B testing and like agency world and then like corporate world. But, you know, my, my perspective has been. A-B testing is not like a fairly like new big data analytic thing. Yeah. We A-B test in our real life. So there are friends who you're dynamic. As soon as you're with that friend, you just become the funny version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because early totally. on during that formation, that friendship, it was like A-B testing. Like sure. The vibe was and like, oh, it's always funny. So now when you get together, you just immediately fall into that. Yep. And that friendship is like strongly built around that. And sure. Um, you know, you go to a different friend and it's more spiritually oriented or whatever. Totally. Because right? we kind of A-B tested. You've got your different hobbies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And I think that is, it's natural. Yeah. It's not about it. Totally. And so here with this, like A-B test with the audience, like really identify, you know, what's, what's our relationship to Sure. Are we going to be like this vibe or that vibe or this vibe, that vibe? Yeah. yeah. And it's cool too. I dig it because it also like, I feel like, I'll say this and I guess we should, I guess then we'll yes. come to a close. I don't know what time it is, but I also want to be mindful. Of yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got to wrap this up. Okay, cool. Next um, so, but I just dig it because it, it, it's its own thing. And it really safely leaves everything else alone. I love that we had this conversation because I was sort of like, do I need, I was like, well, where do I go with it? Does it need to be blah? Does it need to be blah? Should I have like this in here? Should I have that in here? But it's sort of like, it's going to be its own thing that flows in the stream of the other stuff. But the other stuff is just going to be its own stuff. And now I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Like this can just be here. This can just be here. I don't have to like, make it all gel but I do have to serve up this yeah this. so like I would I would maybe suggest that you consider like a hub and spoke mm-hmm. so the audio video is like the hub mm-hmm. and your blog is a spoke Instagram's a spoke yeah like right your actor page is a spoke totally like they all emanate from out and they terminate at the points yeah like yeah. they're the independent but this content is kind of at the center. It touches upon yeah. each of the spokes. The other spokes don't necessarily touch on the others. Yeah. But this is the one piece of your art that touches all. It touches all of it. I dig that. I'm excited. It's so fresh and new. Like, I know, it's cool. It's yes. Yeah, it's cool. And like, you know it's right when you're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're exactly. like, yeah, bro, this yeah. is some shit. And like, exploring new territory mm-hmm. where you don't feel like, oh, I'm just like, one of like 10,000 in the same space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then it's like all about like, oh, well, what's my marketing strategy? What's my ad campaign going to look like? How do I distinguish and differentiate? Yeah. yeah. I wish I was good at it. Eventually, someday I'll hire somebody to do that shit. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm like, I'm good at being me. <laughs> I'm really good at that. <laughs> sort of profoundly good at that. And that is... That is our greatest responsibility, I think, in life is to invest into things that we are inherently good at, inherently good. I agree 100%. Stop trying to be what others are really great at. Yep. Identify what you are, mm-hmm. at, what you're passionate about. And I also have like this funny relationship with the word passion, sparkles that we have about do what you're passionate about and like 
make your career about what you're passionate about. Because kind of like we talked about earlier on, we become different people throughout our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like our passions will change. Totally. And so for me, it's like, yeah, part of the conversation should be what you're passionate about. Yeah. But a bigger part of that conversation is, what are you good at? Like, what are you uniquely gifted? Mm -hmm. Because your gifts won't change. Mm -hmm. That's why I love um, StrengthsFinder 2.0 by Gallic. Yeah. As far as identifying what your core strengths are. Yeah. Those are inherent to who you are as an individual. You can apply that to different passions or different careers. Yeah. But if you focus around those strengths and those gifts, you're going to be the best version of yourself in each of those walks. It's freaking vital. Thank um, you can take it out of the way. Thank you so much. If you want to finish, I, I realize it's almost 3.30. I've got my meeting, so I'll just hang here so we can talk a little bit. This yeah. Done. Yeah. Um, Are you done with the food or do you want to finish? No, no, no. You can take it away. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. I had a lot of coffee. Um, yeah. I am. Um, it's fine, too. I have some... Um, Stuff wrapped. Yeah, what do I have to do? I have to send an email. I have to do something. I don't okay. have to be anywhere until a minute. So yeah. But yeah, that's. I agree with that. It's funny. I'll say this, and then I'll end off that, and then I'm gonna end off the recording. But um, is that I had this? It's funny that you say that because I used to. I really want to help people, like I said. And so I felt like I needed to just full bore, like in the trenches, helping people. But I wasn't very, like, fully happy with that, you know? It just, and I wasn't, and because I wasn't fully happy with that, I wasn't really doing a good job of helping people. You know what I mean? Because I was sort of, like, feeling bitter about it, and, like, it was all fucked up. And then I, and it, I had that exact realization. I was like, I'm, I'm good at, like, whatever this is that I'm doing, whatever this creative lifestyle is that I'm living, like, it's, I have found that it's, like, when I do it, I'm able to most effectively help people. So, you know, I stay at it. And then it's, it's funny because I, I have people in my life who are like completely and totally dedicated to like being a counselor, to being like this and that. And I, you know, sometimes you admire someone so much that you want to be them, like simply because you just like respect what they're doing so much. But then you have to have that conversation with yourself of like, is that really right for me? Yeah. Could I really be still doing that? Yeah, like I'm not that, but thank God you are. You know? Thank you. I am legitimately, completely so appreciative that you took the time to listen to today's episode of The Elizabeth Experience. Find it everywhere that you can find a podcast. Feel free to subscribe if you're into it. And hey man, go out there and chase your fucking dreams. See you next time.